Welcome back to Movies Are Relevant on Brooklyn Freebound Network, the podcast, the movie podcast. Check out Inam and I talking a little nuts, talking a little NBA action, ball banter really is what I've been calling it lately. Check in on our sports stuff, but you know, that's over there. Go check that out. But of course, I've got my boy E-Dash and I'm Eric back in here because it's, it's now it's getting serious, Eric, film season. You know, Halloween's past us, spooky season. We're going to still talk about it, catch up, but we got to get into the serious mind. The strike, the actor's strike ended. I think that means the Oscars will happen without delay. I know it's not till March or something anyway, but, you know, we can start talking about these prestige films. What do you think? It's Oscar season, baby. Some time to hang up my uh, driving shoes from my summer gig, uh, driving these rich ladies around town. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're back. We're ready to talk about movies. That's right, yeah. So you so you don't drive the the rich ladies. It's like wearing white after Labor Day. You're not dri- you're not driving after after Veterans Halloween. Day. Absolutely. After Veterans Day, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, you know my obsession with uh Reisuke Hamaguchi's drive my car. I just had to see what it was like, uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Was it a three it was a 3-hour affair, but but when, but when it's like a job and not a movie, that's actually not good. But well worth it. Well worth the time commitment. Now, speaking of three yeah, 3 hours plus we're going to we're going to mostly spend this episode talking about Scorsese's latest Killers of the Flower Moon. And of course, I do want to bring my fiance back on the show in, in a minute. I think she's around here somewhere. Evil Alex. We love you, Alex. But, uh, yeah, she joined us last time again for our second appearance. I think last time, of course, we're, what we're, what we're talking about. It was Past Lives. Oh, 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 oh. Hi, everybody. She, I'm here. She's, well, she's going here. back. Past Lives and that other lovey-dovey one. That's right. Past Lives and, and uh, In the Mood for Love. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Evil Alex back in the pod. Thanks. Can you go just earmuffs for just a minute? Because I did, I did kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Just, just, you know, yeah, you, uh, oh. Alex. Uh, uh, some stuff with Eric I just had to talk about real quick you know just boring podcast stuff don't even worry about it but uh yeah Eric you know so I told you of course you know I would, we announced it last time that we are engaged on that that romance episode that's right that's and right frankly the the reason what I didn't get into it was actually evil Alex's family came into a lot of oil money you know what I mean okay apparently okay. their whole community got like the whole community is like really rich with oil mm-hmm. and so i was gonna ask you i mean my uncle is kind of he told me to like actually get engaged to her mm-hmm. uh, that's step one for sure yeah so i was wondering if you maybe wanted to come out and uh, help me out a little my uncle said we have to do a couple of things around town in terms of like making sure we get them the money or whatever i don't it's, think it's going to be too nefarious or anything but i just wonder if you were yeah, it's important that whatever happens, those rights go to you. So uh, I'm all yeah. in. I'm all in, buddy. Okay, I know. Like in the past, you've been talking about like you're pretty good with explosives and things of that nature. I don't know if you're just bullshitting or that's like a real explosives, harebrained schemes of all kind. I'm your man for sure. All right, perfect. All right, and well, we won't bring this up, of course. But oh yeah, so Alex, yeah, uh, you can. Uh, we're, we're done talking about our boring, um, you know, podcast minutia. Sorry, it was just. Oh, clearing, I uh, don't suspect anything of foul play here. Yeah, just scheduling conversation. Nothing important. Yeah. 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 That's just something, Eric, that's just something. It's like a little end joke, you know, a fiancé joke. We just, like, right, routinely say we don't suspect each other of foul play, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like all couples do, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about Halloween's came and when. Like, I already brought up a, a few times here. I know we both, especially you two, really love the horror Halloween style films and uh you know in, in recent years I've gotten 
much more into them as well. So I thought before we get into Killers, since we're not going to do our typical format today of like pairing the new movie with an older classic, because frankly, there's a lot to talk about with the with the three and a half hour movie. Anyway, I, I know Alex read the book as well, so maybe she can bring up some things about that too um, when we get to Killers. But I thought we could take a few minutes to catch up on what we we're watching in the past few you know the past month or so since we recorded like uh, uh, to kick things off for example on the last pod i think eric you mentioned uh we're getting some wrecks maybe or what? yeah we definitely watched a couple of your wrecks yeah well tell me about it the yeah. one i'm thinking of was with caitlin deaver the actress i believe is her name no one will save you yeah that's that's the one no one will save you she doesn't really like yes. there's like no dialogue in the movie yes. essentially uh-huh. right loved that no, that, that's so good. And out of nowhere, too. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of a very... I mean, they got into a little, like, um, CGI stuff toward the end, I guess. But uh, for the most part, like, a really simple idea, like, well-executed sort of deal. Like, basically one location. For the most part, she goes into town a little bit, I guess. But one location, really just one performance for the most part as well. Um, yeah. Well, Where plus the come? aliens. I thought I would be, I was like, after you said that there's really no dialogue, I was like, oh, will I be bored, you know, like, and then it's just like, essentially one person, like, Uh will I be bored? (laughs) And I was riveted the entire time, like, yes, truly did not tear my eyes away from the screen the whole movie. And yeah, then, like, yeah. at, a, at a certain point, like, well, into it, I was like, oh, there's just like no talk, dialogue in this film, huh? And then Alex was like, oh. Eric told us there was none or whatever. Like you, I, I, warned, I never I warned you about that. Like, yeah, oh, you got me. I literally was like, "Do you never listen to anyone that's also on your podcast?" Because you Eric know the answer to that. Words. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I was reinforcing it, and I was like, in solidarity with you, Eric. Thank you, thank you. We're unionizing. <laughs> At least I listen to you occasionally, Eric. Occasionally. <laughs> uh, anyway, you know, no, no foul play here. Uh, anyway, what what uh, what was one of your picks uh, that you watched? Um, I watched the new VHS. It was pretty good. It was pretty, pretty good. A couple memorable ones. Uh, the wraparound this time wasn't... So the wraparound this time was one that uh, people really liked, but I found it to be, like, the least compelling of the shorts. I'd say there were no, like, major standouts in this year's VHS. Like, um, you know, of course, I'm thinking of the, the cult one from 2, but pretty solid. They did this thing this year where they're using like really established names and, and, and thus far like the, the VHS franchise has As been a way for actor or the d- director? Directors, sorry, for okay. the for the shorts in the individual VHS movies. They did this thing this time where they're using like actual names, like people who have made successful indie horror movies before. Uh, which is a little annoying to me because like VHS has kind of been a, a launch pad so far i see i didn't necessarily know that i guess other than the first one maybe yeah and um, a little annoying because it's not one of the three best vhs movies i've seen i think so like if you're gonna if you're gonna start using names can we get something more than we got i guess but like vhs is like it, it's got a high floor for me um and i really did like yeah. it i also watched the new the fourth movie in the hell house llc series which is just so dear to me um, as a series, I really, really like the first one, um, and the second and third also exist. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, this I'm was, not familiar this was pretty with good. that series, I guess. I don't know if Al- uh, Evil Alex is, but no. it seems like not. Yeah, this one's, uh, this is super indie, um, so there definitely wouldn't have been yeah. billboards for it or, like, advertisements, but it's, uh, they're Shutter Originals, um, every time they come out, I think. I was about to ask, is it a Shutter yeah. thing? Um, I really, I really recommend at least the first one, and then... Depending on how uh, how much you like diminishing return scares and uh, more lore than ever before, two and three are definitely movies that you can watch, um, and they're not bad, bad. No, um, but you you don't like well you don't I guess love a bunch of lore dumps type of thing. I don't love a lore dump. Or. Yeah, it, I was gonna try to watch Talk to Me, which I didn't end up doing, but. Talk to me through was You had an issue with something like that toward that, even though you liked it overall. Is that what you told us last time? Exactly, exactly. Really, really quality so movie. So I do listen to it No, sorry, Eric. I'm trying to talk about how. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm going for real. Yeah, talk to me. Really quality movie. Decent scares. A little too much lore for me. Skinnamarink, uh, the exact opposite problem. Rewatched that. Um, still holds up. What, do you, uh, what about you guys? What else have you seen? 
Well, I, I will say um, real quick about the VHS thing. We did, I had never seen any, and I believe neither had Alex. Um, and I remember, of course, I've been, I've been telling, talking about in recent episodes how I've been like going from 1940, I started watching a movie from every year, like in a row. Uh huh. So I'm now I'm up to you through 2019, basically. So I've, I basically yeah. did it. But anyway, when I, when we got to, I, I guess I was at, when would the first VHS have come out? 2007, I want to say, maybe? 2007, 2008. Okay, it was one of those. Maybe it was, maybe it was 08. And we were going to watch something. We threw it on, and I don't know, we just weren't in it. It just wasn't the right vibe for us that night. It was a like, no for me. I got you, like, I got you. It's the, like the amount of cuts and how quickly they're cutting. Yeah. I was like, I can't handle this right now. It was like too aggressive. So this okay. would have been in what you're calling the wraparound, right? Like we didn't even really get to the first. We didn't get far we, enough into it. Um, mm, well, the wraparound in the first one, it starts really aggressively. Like, hello, we are some shitheads. So I, yeah, I it was like pretty so. obnoxious. So like it, it just wasn't our vibe. We ended up watching Frank and Weenie, the Tim Burton film. Yeah, so. we did. <laughs> so uh, that, it was more of that type of night, I guess, you know, so I, I, sure. I do plan to, to watch it, though, at some point here, because that is definitely a blank spot for me. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely worth it uh, if you love horror. Like, if you're just, like, trying to find a great movie to watch, maybe not the one from the year that you want to stick with. So, anyway, though, we did... I think there's one Alex wants to probably talk about, because she really liked Let's it. Let's go. Lot. I liked it a lot, too. Guess you've probably seen this, but um, we'll see. I don't remember if you talked about it or not, Eric. It wasn't in order of what I was doing. Like, I, cause I think this was from last year, I believe. But it's uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Did you see that? I love Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Okay, so we're all, we're yeah. all into it then. But yeah, I guess you want to talk about why you liked that one. I mean, I love a good mockery of a generation, especially mm-hmm. one that's not my own. So it was, like, refreshing to see, you know, Gen Z get a little bit made fun of. Mm-hmm in the best way and then you know i love a horror movie where you know there's a bunch of annoying people and they s- just slowly get killed and the end of that movie just absolutely slaps because the end was i guess we don't need to spoil it in case people haven't watched it probably but i i do think it stuck the landing pretty well that i was surprised about yeah it. i think so too. Failed to do that and mm-hmm. it was like I usually hate the endings of horror movies, and this one really did not let me down, and I'm really fussy about it. And, like, seemingly every attractive woman, you're also like Pete Davidson, so that was good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he sold me it. He was like, Pete Davidson's in it, and I was like, yeah, I'm in, all right. Which, normally it's not my thing, but I I did like him in this one. He does a really good job of, like, being that guy who's, like, yeah, I'm fully you know? not allergic to a Pete Davidson performance. Like he's he's <laughs> he's fine. Like he's really good in that one. Rachel Sennett really is the star, the like breakout, like is she's, the star. That I believe, for me. is she the one that's in um, uh, Bottoms? Yeah, she's in yes. Bottoms okay. and she's, a film by bad. the director of Bottoms she's called so Shiva bad. Baby uh, that I really liked. Oh, I've never seen Shiva Baby yet, but I did hear it was. I heard it like being compared to like Uncut Gems. I believe <laughs> it, it is similarly tense. Yes. This is Pete Davidson's IMDb picture, and he's hell? wearing like an actual dress. Amazing! It, it looks like he's he's, he's in, like he's Gucci dressed like drag. he looks like he's Tilda Swinton. It's so he weird. He does look like Tilda Swinton. Swag off the charts, though. Can't fall. Yeah, him. yeah. That's wild. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> my fault. But yeah, bodies, bodies, bodies. It was it was definitely a, a horror film that's like more social commentary than like. I liked it. Um, it was fascinating, and it kept me compelled for the whole time. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The like, like not, the central I was like, mystery. Did not want it to end. Yeah, the central mystery aside, even just like the little bits are like it's just that's a really good movie. Um, so yeah, I think we probably saw some more, but we don't have to go into every single one. Uh, totally killer. We liked. Okay, it was on. It was an Amazon one. I'm I'm a fan of Karen Shipka as the star of that. She's like Sally J. Brown Man and she's I don't know if you saw it, Eric, but um I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, it's I mean it's basically a riff on uh, Back to the Future mixed with like a, a slasher. Okay. More more Gen Z kind of jokes essentially. It's definitely not as incisive as Bodies, Bodies, Bodies or or anywhere. Oh, this one, one. yeah, but, yeah. I like But yeah, a good lead performance, some funny stuff. Watch like a dummy movie from I think that was my 2006 when I was on that year. Uh, Dummy? That was the f- 
like Dominic Lars like in the a real girl? Uh, no, oh. no, not less Lars, more uh, I don't know R.L. Stein or something like the ventriloquist. Oh, thing. yeah, gnarly. It was this one got on my radar because they played it at Newbev like last month. Uh, I didn't go see it there, but you know, I'd never even heard of it, or I didn't remember if I had it. It's called Dead Silence, I believe. But it was the I first. Heard of that. Okay. It was the first film by. James Wan, I believe, the guy from... The oh, okay, yeah. Movies. I believe it was his first directed movie. Interesting. Um, and it, it was fairly well directed, I would say, but but it wasn't really my thing. It, the, the acting was pretty rough and uh, just not... Yeah, Welcome to Indie Horror. I never watched it, but I don't really remember. Like, if you ask me to give you a synopsis, I don't... I can't remember it. <laughs> so it wasn't that good. <laughs> no, it was pretty bad, I would say. But anyway, you know, it, it was a vibe for the night. It, it still had that at least those little throwback with the lead character having some 2006 ass hair that I was hating on amazing um <laughs> yeah anything else on your end of the a ledger here e dash not a lot I recently watched all of the Twilight movies so that's exciting okay wow. for the first time oh uh, yeah, yeah 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 I made the mistake of telling my girlfriend that I hadn't seen them so oh. uh oh How'd you like them? Now I have. <laughs> uh, the, you, right. you know, uh, they're amazing. They are uh, very interesting and thoughtful cultural relics, and that is all I have to say about it. Yep. <laughs> I haven't seen them since they came out, really, but I imagine that they would be humorous to watch again in 2023. They are quite funny. Yeah. I guess I talk about the new web theater at nauseum, but... They have started playing those movies like at midnights. I think at the new Bev recently. Twilight. Twilight, and I think they did Twilight. Also, too, I also. saw. A and video, apparently, they sell out, and they're like really extreme. I funny. saw a video of Robert Pattinson, like it was like a compilation of like him speaking at many different interviews about how he hates those movies. Like he did not enjoy doing it. He was like, "It's really messed up because I'm." Like this person is very old and yeah. in love with a teenager. Yeah, yeah. It's like he was, he really hated it. And I think the video is really funny. I, I might be wrong about this, but if I remember correctly, I think it was a little bit of the scenario where the T stars don't get along. Also, like him and, and Chris and Stewart did not like each other. Mm. And they had to do the, like six movies together or whatever. Mm. Well, they, didn't they date and break up? Oh, maybe that's what I it think was they then. did date. Yeah, because yeah. okay, I was like, I'm pretty sure they did like each other because they dated. Gotcha. They liked each other too. Unless much it was very, unless it was like the thing that you make up for publicity. And they yeah, right, right, like a Taylor Swift relationship. Who will ever know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you think you think Swift is making up this Kelsey thing? I don't know anymore. I was certain that it was fake, and I think it may have. I think it may have been she's all thatted, uh, based on recent evidence. I don't know. It started as a joke. You know? Mm. Yeah. Well, that's uh, I guess that's more for ball banter. So, again, go check that out. We A couple weeks ago, uh, Inam and I did get into the swift of it all. I did champion her for at least finally seeing fit to give a boy from Cleveland a chance. So, <laughs> right, uh, right, yes. So that's good. But, yeah, I think, I guess let, let's let's talk about the, the elephant in the room, in the cinematic room this fall. Scorsese's newest 80 years old I believe still cranking him out pretty crazy and doesn't plan to stop what a king uh, yeah he's not he's not doing the Tarantino where Tarantino's only doing one more movie and retiring it's like his whole plan uh, he's spitting in the face of that but yeah and and a horror movie in, in its own way I would kind of say you could you a could, real life horror it, it, very horrifying yeah, it doesn't have the tone of a horror film for the most part but it does have a lot of things that it, almost like a mm-hmm. sl- a train wreck slow train wreck a little misery yeah yeah that it has the, the misery element for sure but yeah but way more complicated because it goes i mean we'll obviously get out break all into it now i talk about it for the rest of the episode here but it goes into like this whole system systemic thing in this country essentially yeah but yeah killers of the flower moon's Three hours and 20 minutes or so, or maybe something yes. around that. Uh, actually, Evil Alex and I were, happened to be in Brooklyn, New York City. We saw it with my brother. Three of us went out to the theater there in New York. Where'd you go? We went to the Brooklyn uh, downtown Alamo Draft House. Okay, okay, okay. 
those pretty comfortable seats and everything, which was required. And sp- I, I, I didn't think I was going to get back to Taylor so quickly here, but actually we... <clears throat> so, of course, it's long. It's a long film. I don't know. Alex and my brother didn't get up to go to the bathroom at all, but I, I was uh, not so lucky. Uh, I had to uh, make my way out there in, in the middle. So I go, I'm going to the bathroom, trying to be like, oh, let me hurry up, get back, so I don't miss too much. And the hallway of this Alamo draft house was just... I mean, I thought I accidentally stumbled into, like, a third grade, like, I don't know. Oh, my uh, God. A school, like... I'm not exaggerating. There was at least 25, I think 10, 11-year-old, something in that range, girls running through the halls. So like, I saw, like, one adult with them. For um, the Aeros tour? going to see... Okay. Yeah, to see the Taylor movie or whatever. Block, they're blocking my way. I was swimming upstream like a damn salmon trying to get to this men's room. Fucking brutal. You know, twenty dollars for a ticket to see the movie is far cheaper than the hundreds that it takes costs to see the concert. So I get it, you know. Yeah, or flying, yeah. flying, flying to Uruguay or whatever to go. It's cheaper yeah. than going to like SoFi Stadium in LA. Oh my anyway, God. I encountered the Swifties even there, but but yeah, it's it's a long one. Uh, I would say. I, I don't know, Alex, you, you, I feel like you struggle, not struggle, but you, you comment on lengths of films a little more than I do sometimes. Or, I do. Uh, what did you think? I believe every it? movie should be 90 minutes. <laughs> I mean, we love a film like Bodies, 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 we love it for that runtime. you know, I would, that was three hours of being No, I understand that some yeah. movies have to be longer, but mm-hmm. some movies don't need to be longer, and there's definitely moments of long movies where in it I'm thinking you could have cut this down. You could you could have cut this down. And then there's movies that are long and you're like, "Oh, we need all of this information." And this is all plot plot driving, scene setting, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. scenes. So I didn't feel the length as much in Flowers of the Moon or whatever. <laughs> Flowers of the Killer Moon. But, you know, in Oppenheimer, which we watched recently, and I won't spoil anything, but there's moments in the beginning, especially where I'm like, okay, there's a lot of space stuff. That's what you're commenting. Uh And and you you get it, but you could shorten those down. There's some... Sure. Well, and there's a point I'd say maybe two thirds through, uh, not Killers, uh, Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. where the momentum kind of screeches to a halt <laughs> for yeah. obvious reasons, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it did fail to drive my car test for me. Killers also failed to drive my car test for me, which is uh, do I feel the length of a three hour movie? Obviously. Tar passed like, it. Oppenheimer was going to pass it, and then the momentum just drained out of it in that third act. Was it after Truman called Oppenheimer a pussy, basically? <laughs> right, right around then, yes. <laughs> yeah. Killers failed the drive my car test. I felt the length and I felt it in a serious way. Well, mm. What was your, because we, we just said what our viewing experience was to some degree. Where did you see it? Like, what was your experience? I went to the my local theater, shout out Cinemark Town Center, Conway, Arkansas. Uh, I had a really comfortable seat I had people behind me and and people in front of me, but not directly. So I was, like, in a diagonal with people, and I had my row to myself. I got a little too comfortable and started, like, getting drowsy, which was unfortunate. Mm. What time of day are we talking? What what was the show time? It was was a goddamn 8 p.m. showing, too. Mm, That'll do it. I think this is where you might have ran into the trouble. I had that or a 4.30. Yeah. See, we we did a new a twelve a new high noon showing, and I think that was I think that helped for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do consider my eight o'clock showing a mistake, but one I was forced into. I yeah, mean, you sometimes you don't have that choice, and you're you're right. I also was more riveted because I read the book, and mm-hmm. I kind of anticipated the, the ending. Right. Uh, so that kept me a little bit more engaged, I think, because I was throughout the movie looking at, like, how are they going to do this part? How are they going to do this part? You know? Yeah, yeah. For me, I think it was, okay, I know what this movie's about. In fact, I've had large parts of it spoiled for me. How are we going to stretch? Because it goes fast through the through the actual conspiracy situation. Mm-hmm. It, it blows right through that and then becomes a yeah. completely different movie about crime and punishment, right? Or not really punishment. 
crime. No, <laughs> just you just go. <laughs> it's heat. I mean, it's, it's De Niro is behind bars. We saw him there, so yeah, he got punished. What do you got? Right, to right, for sure. He had to go. To, he had to go to to the jail for a couple of days. But like, it it burned through what I knew it to be about so quickly. It in order to become this other thing in in mm-hmm. the sec in the third act that I was just like confused for a while. Just like, what are we doing? Where where are we going? You know, and then I don't know. I guess that caused me to feel the length in the in in a way that like, interesting. I didn't in a three hour movie about a guy who misses his dead wife. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, for my perspective, I didn't really know much about it going in. I know Alex, since having read the book, told me a couple of things, but it was a little while ago, probably like over a year ago. I when you were telling me about it, I don't. I think the book maybe gets more into this, but. You seem to be saying there's a lot more stuff about the F- the formation of the FBI and that character, like mm-hmm. the Jesse Plemons character. Yeah, in the yes. and I thought they would go into that yeah. more. and the movie doesn't show up till deep into it. That um, part that is really cool, though. When mm-hmm. uh, all the guys that you've been seeing lurking in the background of shots have that meeting in the field, and it's like, all right, so how, what do we got them on? Yeah, and so I didn't, I didn't, in terms of like the De Niro character, the the Leo character. I didn't know what their role was going to be necessary. So early on, I'm thinking with De Niro, I was like, okay, this guy's going to be crooked. Like, I could see that writing on the wall there pretty quickly. But with the DiCaprio character, I it took me a little bit at least to be like, is he actually in this conspiracy? Oh, yeah, is he's one of the main people. You know, and I guess we'll say spoilers from here on out. We probably all recommend it, right? Despite I do, I do. I, I, I really recommend yeah. it. It's very good. So, so if you don't want to hear any specifics that's it the, the rest of this will be that but to that end yeah i i was not sure initially if we were a villain essentially or you know a bad a bad guy which he obviously was character and then it's that part at least of it of it unfolded a little bit slowly so in a way that i liked i guess but maybe i was just not picking up on it quick enough or whatever and i think there's nuance to it like yeah. i don't think that he initially set out to be like i'm gonna steal this i'm right. like i do right. think that there was like a part of him that is in love and you know two things can be true like he can be money hungry and yeah. also in love with this woman and He's... i think that's where the, the complex character comes in to play mm-hmm. because you're seeing him battle with this like i really do love this woman and i've had children with her and like yeah. i care about her but also there's this pressure behind me in various ways of like getting this money yeah, and being evil, resorting to <laughs> evil, really. He d- he did tell her he loved that money right away. So yeah. we knew. <laughs> true. They do such a good job of showing that he loves Molly, right? That's not like up for debate, right? the The issue is, does he love Molly or or or, or her money more, like, or how can you do these horrible, horrible things that were shown relentlessly that he's doing yeah. to her, Molly and her family? How could you do that to someone that you that you love? Well, the answer is really yeah. easy. I'm an American, and she has money. Yeah. yeah, but it is like, how can do you actually love someone if you like are willing to kill their whole family? Essentially, like you know, it's going to affect them in a Ex- very negative way. Yeah, exactly. But like these white demons at the center of this movie, they are too stupid to really have thoughts like that, right? I mean, that's part of the point of them. Uh, they're obviously historical figures or whatever, but like that's the point of them yeah. literarily. Like they are too stupid to have. Well, that dialogue yeah. in internally the, but seeing it play out it's like it, it is perfectly bifurcated um i love molly and i have to do this for some reason and that that reason is just like this deep seed of american greed inside everyone the scam the grift the thing i'm always talking about it almost feels too like there's no other choice because it's like if it's not him stealing her money, someone else will. Like some other white yeah. man will marry her. Uh, and well, do the same thing. According to says, yeah. Jason Isbell was trying to get in there, but huh. he had. He, he <laughs> Jason Isbell. It was a, a very funny scene where Leo's basically like, I don't like you to him talking to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he does the stepbrothers like, is there anything I could do? She's like, could you fix your face? Could you just change it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so the, the Leo character, is, and I'm, let me just pull his name, so, I mean, we'll probably just keep calling him Leo, but... Eugene? Ernest, Ernest Storkart. Clearly is a dumb guy, so he, it is, like, one of these characters almost, like, I mean, it is, this was a different film in some, for Scorsese, it's, like, a new thing in one hand, and it's just the same continual thing he does on the other hand with the, um, showing these essentially corrupt 
communities like the mafia or Wall Street traders mm-hmm. or, you know, these people in Osage these basically vultures coming into Osage County. Wolves, if you will. And, like, in this case, one of the things that was different is they showed the perspective from... Obviously, it's not different to have Leo be a main character and show from his perspective, but but having it, but usually he would be like the so like Jordan Belfort in Wolf Wall Street is kind of dumb also, but not but he's smarter than this guy. Like he's like at least competent as being like the boss of something. Well, and charismatic Even, in a way that Ernest yeah really isn't. Uh huh. And like Ray Liotta in Goodfellas is not in charge. He's not like stirring the drink, but he's competent also in a way. And he's, like, almost a fly on the wall at some parts. And then other parts, he's, like, leading the charge of, like, what's going what they're doing. But in this, Ernest Burkhardt character is really just, like, a grunt, essentially. But because he has this family connection, he's thrust into this larger role. So even his brother is, seems to be much smarter than him. Uh-huh. And the uncle, played by De Niro, is obviously not stupid. But he's, like, almost delusional in a way, though. So it, it with the De Niro one, it's, I'm kind of getting away from my point a little bit, I guess, but now I'm thinking about this. Like Leo, like, loves his wife for real and is doing all this stuff. And the De Niro character lo- uh, wants to do all these things, too, and, like, build these people out of all their money and kill them and stuff. But also wants to be, like, a revered community member among them at the same time and still thinks he is, kind of, even though he's clearly... He gets in on the meeting where they decide what to do about white people, yeah, exactly. like, murdering yeah. them. Yes. Yeah, Which that. is bananas. When you're seeing all of those mm-hmm. faces and then all of a sudden you see his face, you're like, why is he here? Uh-huh. Why is he here? Yeah. yeah. It also, it, is, it does such a good job. I mean, it's like the, it's, it's the Scorsese, the, the, the repetition, the like mm-hmm. constant hammering home of like, these guys are stupid. They're very dumb and they're in over their heads. And then it just never matters because they're white and they're going to get away with it. And... Even, yeah, like, the whole thing about the, him killing, the, that was another scene I really liked where he eventually, the guy they hire, or they kind of coerce him into doing it, taking the job because he has, like, all these kids he can't feed or whatever, and then he's supposed to kill the, uh, the one guy, and then he does, he does it eventually, but he, like, shoots him in the back of the head so it couldn't look like a suicide. Yeah. And Daenerys, like, free, flipping out about, like, the front of the head's the front, the back is the back. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's another good Still throwing heaters at uh, at, at their advanced age, Marty and uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah. And this is the first, unless I'm mistaken, the, fir- the first uh, Scorsese where he's got his two boys in it together, like his two main muses, Gabriel yes. and De Niro. Yes. Uh, they've never been in one. the same movie before. Yeah. Or if they have, it Well, not, not a Scorsese joint, yeah. Interesting. And yeah, both, both good performances. And uh, we should shout out the, the Molly actor. Who's she was incredible. Lily Gladstone fully Lily owns Gladstone. the middle portion of this movie. It is her movie for a little bit. And then obviously, yeah, thematically, it can't be yeah. because it's yeah. about the evil. She absolutely crushes it it's... and makes the movie like whole, feels whole. Yeah, 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 she's phenomenal. And when it comes to her character, I could kind of say the same thing along the lines of like you don't know how much she knows she's getting taken advantage of mm-hmm. versus really loves this guy because at, at some degree she does re- know like what's happening she's like, the smartest one there mm-hmm. i mean yeah. essentially like and that's how honestly like i think she did such a good job of portraying the character from the book because that is the energy that i got from that she was like so skeptical of everyone and like as she had to be and like i'm sure she felt crazy because everyone in her family was getting killed Mm -hmm. and then everyone around her was like we don't know we don't know like what how do you're doing it so it's yeah i mean she just had she had a great performance and i just truly believe that she had really connected with the actual person you know yeah definitely and played with such like dignity which mm-hmm. is a really nice contrast to the absolute, like, energetic stupidity of Ernest and, and, and even De Niro's character. Yeah. What was the whole thing about... I'm trying to remember what the animals were now, but I think there's probably must be something heavily thematic about... The owls? She's, like, talking to her... They're about to get married, or maybe they've gotten married, and they're at someone else's wedding. It's something where all the characters are still... All the sisters are still alive at this point. And, like, they're talking to each other about their men or whatever. And, and, like, one of the sisters says Leo's, like, some animal. And she's like, no, he's another one. Like, a coyote, maybe. I don't know if that's right. Yeah, I, I, I forget that exact bit of dialogue. But it did happen, and you're not making it up. 
I sorry. No, I was just trying to think of what I guess since I don't have the actual animals, it's probably not gonna, gonna be a good discussion point here, but she does repeatedly call him a coyote. Because like when he first okay. comes around, she's like, You're sniffing after my money. I know what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think maybe that her sister calls him a snake. That's he's right. Like, no, he's a coyote. That's so what's the right. difference there? Does that say something about his character? I assume it must be intended to Because a coyote is uh related to dogs and dogs can be domesticated. I don't know. I just pulled that one out of my ass. Also, like coyote is like your favorite animal, right? Evil Alex. That's so LA. But I'm not a coyote. It was course, my favorite you know, since I was a little kid. <laughs> oh, okay, amazing. They're yeah. the most adaptable. I don't know if this will lend it to the answer, but they're the most adaptable animal in the world. That's why you'll find them in cities mm. and mountains and any anywhere because they basically stay where they are no matter what changes around them. They just adapt. What about like a rat? Alex off the top rope? <laughs> <laughs> not not a rat. Rats will be here long after us, though. Well, that's what I'm, is that like is that similar? No, but rats don't survive in as many climates and habitats oh, okay. as coyotes can. Coyotes can essentially uh, survive in any habitat, like tundra, like mm. hot, like we live yeah, in LA and there's coyotes here, like desert. I got coyotes. Like, yeah. it's rats humid. aren't, yeah, rats don't live in all of the climates, I don't think. Nobody looked that up, that's right. Well, hey, I know my facts about coyotes, okay? I guess rats don't really live anywhere. I don't know there's rat no facts, but I'm pretty sure... I mean, coyotes are definitely a sexier animal to like than a rat. That's right. That's true. <laughs> but anyway, so what else to talk about here? Can we please talk yeah. about how when Ernest is in jail and someone's like, your kid died or is sick or something, and he's like, is it cowboy? Because oh, yeah, he, he only cares <laughs> about the boy. Mm -hmm. And is that the child's name? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was cowboy. Oh, my Why God. would you name... Number one, why would you name your child Cowboy? Number two, why do you not care about the girls? Fuck you. That's... I mean, we're I talking mean, about that's classic this character as well. That's what answer why I named it that. Yeah. And yeah, patriarchal society, even though the women had all the money, but they're trying to... Uh, Jesse Plemons and his big cowboy hat. That's uh, obviously the meme of the week again this week. Jesse Plemons is amazing in this. I hope he and Kirsten Dunster, you know, happy. Are they together? Cause yeah, I they're married, I believe. I think they met on this on the, on a Fargo TV show. Oh. I think that's right. Season two, which they're Jesse both very Pons. good in. Also, I'd love to shout out Anna. Anna's yes, Anna. yes. She was excellent and just executed that mm. so well. Like, she was more I of the firebrand sister. She's like right? the fun drunk one who yeah. was just like, I don't want to marry any of these douchebags. I'm just gonna sleep with them and keep my money. And then she got killed anyway. That, but I liked her plan of attack better than the other ones. <laughs> yeah, she was really, really great. Uh, that actor's name is Kara Jade Myers. Yeah. Loved her. The, oh, back to the Plemons. Uh, I remember a, a funny meme or tweet I saw where, I guess there is like a mini controversy over theaters choosing to put an intermission when they're showing that. So, like, some theater operators just took it upon themselves to, like, it's a long-ass movie, we're gonna, like, do an intermission of 10 minutes, 15, I don't know what it was. Yeah, and then like, uh, Thelma Schumacher, Scorsese's, you know, editor, and long time for a long, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right uh, it was like, that's a violation, and we're going to stop them from doing yeah. that. <laughs> and then we got to have ableism discourse on Twitter.com again. Yeah, but, but so then... The uh, meme I wanted to bring up was like, or the, the I guess not a meme, but like the joke someone had was like, it, it was him, uh, Plemons coming in like at the door and like, being like, I'm here to investigate the the intermissions, like who's been doing them? That is such a great scene uh, when, when Plemons shows up, she's like, what about the murders? Yeah. Well, who's been doing them? Yeah, <laughs> you know. The important um, part. Now, did you... I think maybe a difference from the book to movie... Again, I haven't read the book. Alex has, but you told me this after, unless I'm misremembering. You said, like, in the book, the, the Plemons character is, like, the only one who's not corrupt and, like, the whole thing. Even his other people working with him are corrupt in real life. Yeah, don't quote me because I have a terrible memory for books, but I was... I remember reading the book and really seeing that, like, there was only one person here who had the best interest of the natives in mind, and that was the 
the Jesse Plemons character. I can't remember the name. Tom White. White. It was Tom White. Yeah, because you leave the book and you're like, wow, there's only one good person here. And I don't know how that happens because... And you're seeing... There's a lot more development with... And they kind of just breeze right through this in the movie, which I found really interesting because it could could have been a lot more there, but obviously it's a three-hour movie. So the actual, like, getting someone to the government to be like, we need Mm -hmm. help, just kept backfiring. Like, they... they, I think they did show that, like, someone got killed. Yes. But, like, there was so much more storyline to that. Like, they kept sending people that... And the people kept getting killed or they would get bought out, like, bought off and they would come back and, like, join the corruption. They just could not get anyone to... The Tom White character was the first person in the book where you're like, oh my god, I have a little bit of hope that this man is, like, not gonna just get paid off and swipe it under the rug. Yeah. And, like, the shock of the the whole town being like, oh my god, this guy's actually taking it seriously and he's not gonna take our money was just a way bigger deal than they made it in the movie. I See, I guess I thought you were... So that, that is interesting also about, like, all the people they send. Yeah, they showed it a little bit, but not too... Like, it was a lot more... I guess it could get really repetitive in a film, but... Yeah. But I thought you were telling me that even, like, his people with him... Like, the meeting you alluded to, Eric, and, and I, field, that's what I'm confused Like, even they about. got... Some of them got bought out. I do feel like that was the case, but obviously the movie has me second-guessing because I always want to believe that they're going to follow it perfectly, but I don't think that they... He had... I think he had troubles yeah. keeping his men in line... Like, and not taking the money, which yeah. it even sort of seemed like, even though they had that little meeting, the they might battle, have. It's possible that, like, those men were taking bribes. Yeah. Or it would make sense in real life, I think. And and it could also make sense in a film not to add that on top because it's, like, almost team like, Well, and it's played so Scorsese, like, here are the angel of, angels of death, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are the real hitters. Like, we have been playing gangster and now we're in over our heads. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting that he said J. I guess this is obviously historically accurate, but he's like J. Edgar, who who sent you, and he's like J. Edgar Hoover, who's a quite a character in his own right. Right. Like, right. And we're not doing any valorizing um, of the FBI on this podcast. Not not in my name, yeah, but yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, Jesse Plemons. Let's let let's go, Mister White. White. Yeah. Mister White. Also found that ironic, but it was his actual name. Yeah, what it's like he's antagonizing Mr. White on TV, but then he is Mr. White in a movie. Oh my god! Great, <laughs> was he in that? Show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like yeah, he's a psycho. He's the worst oh, one. I didn't. I forgot. Todd is that? Yeah, a it's Todd. I've seen Breaking Bad in people, so many people years. called him Meth Damon back then because he looks Meth Damon, amazing. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, though, yeah, he's a great actor. I like him a lot. Yeah. Could have used even more of him, but I get it wasn't hit. They they didn't really obviously focus yeah. around him. Um, and, and it was kind of cool to have it come in, in the, um, at the start of the third act sort of thing and be the, be like you're saying, the harbinger of doom for the hero, well, the heroes in their own mind, but the villains had another common Scorsese thing showing us the, you know, I talked about Wolf of Wall Street, Godfellas is some of his most famous films, most popular films, showing the evil or whatever you would call it, you know, the, right. the evil of man, uh, and how it can be very banal and like just normal, like a normal job, basically. Well, in a conversation <laughs> that we're always having on this podcast, uh, Marty out here really doing God's work, um, showing us that the protagonist doesn't have to be the hero. Oftentimes, is I mean, you could say that uh, Molly is a protagonist, also a co-protagonist. Well, but it's but really earnest yeah. and uh, Uncle's movie. A lot of stuff yeah. happens to Molly, you know, passively. Although she does take complete control of that second act, like we said. Yeah, see, I think it, it does kind of shift. Like, you are, like, in Leo, she's initially, especially when you don't know if he's going to be a out-and-out bad guy. And then, he, as just as that's, what you, that's how it plants you into this scene. And then it shifts to her a little bit, I think. And then back yeah. to him when the hammer's coming down and he's, like, deciding what, how deep in, in am I here, what do I need to do... You know, ultimately, he does turn against his uncle there. Then, right? It was ins- it, like it made me feel insane watching that. Where like he reverses his reversal of his reversal of his agreement to cooperate. It is because I mean I think it made sense to me because like, he initially is like he does think he's like a good person, even though he clearly isn't. But he's fooled himself like these people do. Um, 
and then he realizes like what's ha- what he's done and like that the uncle is bad and like he could get out of less trouble himself etc he doesn't want to be the one holding the bag which is clearly b- being made to mm-hmm. him so he wants to turn on him then they do the the maneuver with old, the whale himself uh, brennan freezer the room there my man had that girl and because he is a dumb guy leo or Ernest rather he's getting like shaken up about this happening like oh wait maybe i can get out of it or maybe i shouldn't do this and, and especially when they put him in the room with that rule on him, like, uh-huh. this is what's going to happen, you idiot, you know? But then the child dying put him over the edge. Then, mm-hmm. like, and he's back isolated in the jail by himself, not able to be with his family or all his community or whatever. And so he's back, you know, it's just like whatever the... So unfortunately for De Niro, at that point, again, ultimately we saw it didn't matter. He did get out of jail anyway. He didn't really suffer any consequences. But, like, at that time he did take the, the small L there because the way the wind was blowing for against his n- nephew. Yeah, well, it's okay because they got the sheriff yeah. of the town who is in the clan and in cahoots with him on the jury, so everything's fine. Yeah. That was just a funny little dark comedy thing, too, where, uh, little aside, where uh, Ernest is walking through the town, and they're, like, doing the parade. I think it's a native parade, and then the... the KKK parade right behind them and he's just like hey man to like the leader of the KKK yep. like what's up dude how's it going <laughs> hi Ernest very yeah. classic uh, you were saying Alex so I just went to look up the differences between the books and the, the book and the movie because I it's been so long since I've read it but mm-hmm. one of the main things is and I did think I, I pointed this out Molly did not go to the government like she did not go oh to they had her do that in the film yeah. um, that was only in the film and another key point that I totally forgot about was and they maybe mentioned this, but um, Anna was pregnant when she died, and they actually discovered, Tom White discovered that H- Hale was the father of oh, you know what? her baby. Ooh. So I he think they ultimately did allude ordered to this the, the killing. I mean, they. In the movie, I believe they did allude to this because. I like that oh. I just found this fact on a thing, and you're like, no. <laughs> Oh, are they and the thing it's saying they it's didn't not put me the, saying this. It's other people well, that are saying the difference between. Well, there was a character they said she was pregnant. I thought it was her. No, maybe. Anna? Yeah. They just said that Anna was pregnant. Uh, okay. They didn't say that it was. Hales. No, Hale. I actually now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like in the <clears throat> in the movie they were almost implying that Hale was getting with Molly. No. Is that am I off base on that? Yes. Or is it a different character? Because there was, like, a weird part where... So he visits her in when she's in her delirium, right? Because they've been, mm-hmm. like, poisoning her yes. with her insulin shots. He visits her as a spirit, and she was like, are you real? And he says, am I? And then she wakes up. Right. Yeah, that's later, uh, when she's being poisoned. I'm talking about, Ad, I, guess, I guess maybe I was reading into it, but I thought at the one scene where Leo's saying that he's pre- they're pregnant again, De Niro has kind of a weird reaction to it. Well, he's not happy about it. No, he's not. But also, I, so, I was yes. almost getting the sense, like, oh, it is a, my baby or something. No, I don't think so. That what What's happening there is, like, his, like, southern fake sense of propriety. Like, you you had relations with your wife when she was in this horrific state. Yeah, though that that's true. And also, he I doesn't want there to be more children in, in the mix, right? Right. Because ultimately... Ultimately, the the scheme is for that money to come to him through Ernest and everyone else who's doing it. Right, right, right. I might be conflating the scenes, but I since so, since you mentioned that that was in the book, I I did feel like there was one part where they're implying De Niro was getting with one of the sisters. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like he was just kind of that shady that he would sleep with anyone at this point, or, yeah. or like at at any point. <laughs> well, anyway. Well, that's interesting, though. That uh, very dense movie. Uh, if you, if uh, the listener cannot tell, <laughs> but this article is talking about how they leave, the book leaves on the a note. The book kind of goes back to like present day and interviewing the actual Osage people and like what they remember and how they're still coping with the loss. But they, uh, they speak to a relative of Ernest's that says that Molly and her kids were supposed to be in Bill Smith's house. The night of the explosion uh but they canceled last minute because the kids were ill so like wild oh my god that 
just the absolute decimation of these people and in such a timely manner like it is like for me one of the biggest things about reading this book that affected me was it was probably one of the first books I've read about the Native Americans being murdered and my perception of us murdering Native Americans in my mind looked so much different to what actually happened Mm -hmm. like I think you know you learn about the trail of tears and you just kind of imagine that we can't white people I'm saying we as if I did it but like white people came in and just slaughtered everyone with no you know like just in a in a mass murder type of way and I'm sure that did happen but I never you never think about how it was like a systemic slow murder with no repercussions and like falling in love with them and then also murdering them like Mm -hmm, you just don't see or I just never knew that there was so much more complexity to the white genocide of Native Americans maybe I'm wrong but I think this is a bit of an outlier situation in terms obviously they're using a lot of the I mean not using but the it's happening because of a lot of the reasons like they have white people have the power they think they deserve it etc they think they can just take it and they can essentially in a lot of ways but in this situation was an outlier because like another like the child tears you're saying and stuff they are just literally driving the native americans off their land yeah. killing them running them down whatever and this it's like most of the other native american communities didn't have a didn't become millionaires because they didn't have this oil land yeah so it's like a weird thing where i mean this is another symbolic thing i guess but you could you could even make like a like a reverse parasite allusion to this where it's like sure. they are the white people are ingratiating themselves being the help essentially leo's driving mm-hmm. like a cab yeah uh you know they're learning de niro speaking the language and everything of course and Leo, they eventually all are you know they're getting in there that way insidiously that way and from the opposite direction and then only when they get caught because because it is this situation and it's not government sanctioned killing of natives it's unsanctioned so then they are held somewhat accountable in terms of at least the FBI comes in to investigate. And then they go back to, oh, well, all right, we're caught, whatever, so we'll just let you off. They get off eventually anyway because of the, you know, because of how things are. But but it is, they did at least, at least start killing them and doing all these things from the, the other way around almost. Yeah. Well, is it an outlier, though? Because it's, I mean, this this movie this and, and this book are telling, like, the fundamental story of like the first 300 years of America, right? Even after an attempt at absorption and assimilation and get along, the fundamental like truth here is that you cannot be a part of this. If you if you mm-hmm. if you start seeming to be a part of this, just like in the the Tulsa riots that they mention in the movie, yeah. it's going to be taken from you one way or another, uh, through extra legal means or through legal means, redlining, blah blah blah. It's, so it's not an outliner in terms of this manifest destiny and all this stuff. Like, it's it's absolutely of a piece with the, all of this history of the United States. But it's an outlier in just in terms of how it's being done in this case. Yeah. Like, it's like a serial killer versus a, a soldier, like a sniper that, that shoots 50 people in the day or something, you know? Yes, sure. Yes. <laughs> if, that, if that metaphor makes sense. It does in my head, but I don't know. Um, yeah, so I mean, we could certainly talk way more. I think we'll probably wrap this up in a few minutes here. Go too long of a pod, but uh, is there anything else we didn't uh, mention that we, anyone really wants to? I think I shot all my bullets. This, this could, like you said, Eric, it's very dense. Could definitely be a rewatch. I might uh, read the book myself. I think I probably will. You should. Also, the only the thing I did uh, just verify through that was that Ernest never admitted to knowing that oh. he was poisoning her. Oh, that's another thing I meant to bring up when I said things you told me about the book. I feel like after we were walking into the movie, you were like, when I read the book, it wasn't as clear that Ernest was doing all this stuff. No, and and part of it was like, Hale wasn't sure that he could handle killing his own wife, which means that he actually did love her. I think that there's like some stupidity there because he had to know that other people were doing this, but in the book he never admits it and even in the trial he never admits um and in the movie he tells he her that he, that he knew yeah okay yeah so that was a def- that was a major difference i think and and definitely it makes you see his character differently you know i would say so and the movie really doesn't admit to that he was po- that he was willingly 
knowingly poisoning her, and he does still deny it to her at the end. Or am I wrong about that? He tells. I feel like he is trying her. to tell her that he didn't. He he's pretty. Not about ki- about killing our sisters and stuff. Being implicit with that, he admits to, but not the. Oh, I thought he was admitting to knowing that. I mean, he is. They're giving him an extra bottle of stuff to be like. Make well, that's sure why she I has thought he was it. saying I didn't know. And he's was, doing so. it like he knows. Yeah. That it's bad, but they don't. They don't touch mm-hmm. that in the book. I guess yeah. Clearly, I see why Scorsese wanted to do it from this perspective versus like the, the book is more like Tom from White. the yeah. Well, also the book is very like it's like historic writings, so you're getting like on the date. This is what I've learned, you know. Like it's definitely a different. Yeah, that's cool. From like the from like the investigators' notes, you mean? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's like various investigators too. Like I don't. I think that's why I remember be, being like Tom White is the only one that's like writing the facts, and the other people, you're like, this guy's not good. Well, anyway, though, uh, babe, if, if um anyone from like the Bureau of Investigations, whatever that even, is, like if they show up at the door, I mean, it, I've heard that's happening around the neighborhood. I don't know. They're just popping in, you know, you've, asking you've a few been, questions. You've been making dinner for me a lot lately. I mean, I'm, I cook you. You're tired, you know. You're, you're I have been really your, tired. You know, yeah. you spend more and more time in bed. I have to cook for you. I'm just being a good fiance. <laughs> uh, anyway, all I'm saying is, like, I'll answer the door, but if I don't get to it, you know, don't. It just it's just like standard neighborhood procedure stuff. I think so. Don't worry about just that. Just a scheduling issue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. Or or Clemens might really come to the door because we are in Hollywood. So. And then I would leave you. <laughs> you would leave me for for Clemens. All right, Pete Davidson, fine. But you're leaving me for, <laughs> even though I respect him more, Jesse Plemons. Yeah, wouldn't you be pr- wouldn't you be happier if I left you for Jesse Plemons? <laughs> wouldn't I be happy? Oh, then then Davidson. Yeah. <sighs> no, I don't know. That's a tough one. I guess we can end there. <laughs> I mean, do I get a shot at Chris, Kirsten Dunst? Because then I guess that's I really up to Kirsten Dunst. Exactly. Yeah. So I probably don't. I, I I feel like if she leaves you for Jesse Plemons, you do get one shot to to just see. To just try it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, we can't... That's why I've, another uh, thing I've heard people saying, or another joke I've seen made, is, like, you can't... If you live in Hollywood or whatever, you live around here, like, you can't... You can't be having those, like, lists of, like, the celebrities you get a free pass with or something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, you could meet that someone easily. Like, it was like, this is for people in Indiana or something. Like <laughs> yeah. The hall pass. <laughs> anyway. Watch me run into Jesse Plemons, like, tomorrow be so funny hell yeah well you might not be his type if he's a, he's with dunce like she's very kind of blonde do they have uh, kids i don't know i don't know there'll be some pale they probably ch- some, go to some go- Hall. ghostly pale children <laughs> but yeah uh i guess that should about do it for this one you know i'm sure we'll we'll bring up this killers of the flower moon again in the future on the pod i wouldn't doubt it you know maybe we will we didn't do the barbenheimer a few this summer like we had promised you know we did Barbie and the Pussycats instead, so I think we still have to to uh, give Nolan his due, I guess, and talk some Oppenheimer in the future here too. Uh, we we briefly mentioned it this time, but yeah, there's a lot of interesting things coming out. We've got poor things, I think, in early December. I know Eric and I are really uh, excited for that one. Mm-hmm. Poor things, foe, all of us strangers, the killer, all sorts of shit coming out. The Killer on Netflix now. I'll probably be watching that soon. The Fincher's newest one. Um, there was a, a preview for the new Emerald Fennel movie who was promising young woman mm-hmm. director. We saw that before. Killers. That looks kind of interesting. I don't really know. I couldn't tell exactly what it's about from the preview, but I had her starring our... our oh, Saltburn. Right yeah, I've heard really good things Salt about Saltburn, actually. Starring uh, our boy from Banshees of Inishar in there. Barry Keoghan. Um, yeah. Keegan? I don't know. Where there goes that dream. He was his big line that everyone liked. Kyogen, Kyogen, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce these. What's this movie actually. that's coming out? Did we talk that's about That's the bear one? you have pulled up. I know, there. but I had to look up Jeremy Allen White's name. Oh, there was a wrestling oh, movie I that he was in that we saw a preview for, too. I don't know. Nice. That didn't really do it for me, but... Obviously, it did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll be, we'll be talking about that already? next time oh it's releasing december 22nd oh it's a christmas movie people be talking about it, it was, yeah zach, zach efron well that was another one where they give the whole movie away in the damn trailer i mean i know it's a thing people say all the time but like i think you say all the time well i'm people these people yeah <laughs> anyway 
we got plenty of options for next time. I think we'll probably go back to the, the usual format next up with a new film and a classic pair. But it's good to catch up on a little spooky season wrap up this time. And, you know, Killers, of course, was the full meal to talk about here. And, yeah, I think that'll that'll do it for this version or this episode of Movies Are Relevant. Again, check out everything else on Brooklyn Rebound Network here and go... Uh, Go watch some films in the cinema or at home on Netflix, you know, watch the killer, you know, you can do it either way. Yeah, that'll do it. Peace. Later.